Okay, so uh, everyone, I'm interviewing, um, his name is Jay Stovall, and he he has a very good YouTube podcast, uh, a very good YouTube channel, where he talks about dating. And he talks about it from a Christian perspective, and I think it's really, really important. But he also gives commentary that is just very wise and useful to anyone who's even who's not a Christian. So he's on my uh, he's on the show right now. So, Jay, how are you, my friend? I am good. I'm good, Mr. Green. I'm glad to be here. Yes, sir. So um, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Tell us uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, you know, my background is actually in filmmaking. And um, I did that for pretty much my just my early years. And uh, right after my divorce, you know, and I started to date myself, I started to see a lot of issues uh, within the single community and uh, especially, unfortunately, within the Christian community. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot there's a huge divide uh, between what Christians should be learning in church versus the fact that a lot of churches have turned their back on Christians um, to the fact that a lot of, um, you know, Christians really just don't know what to do. You know, you have, you know, verses in the Bible and different things like that that they can lean on and God's word is true. But then at the same time, you know, there's so much in the society um, that tries to lead Christians away from what they really need to do. And then a lot of people believe that they have to make um, all of these um, excuses where they can't follow <clears throat> certain tenets of Christianity in order to get married. So it's just this big mess. And um, I got thrown right into the middle of it. Um, you know, God is funny. You know, he he kind of, you know, <laughs> gets me where he wants me to be. And sometimes it's not always by traditional means. So um, yeah. I'm here and um, I've just grown to have a heart uh, for people and to try to get a lot of Christian singles married. That's my big thing. Let's get you married. That, you know, that's a very good, that's a very good take because, you know, being a Christian man myself, you know, God, you know, there's, there's often the same where we make plans and then God laughs. And we have no clue where God's going to take us. We have no clue the path that is set before us. Now, we're supposed to be obedient. We're supposed to just walk by faith. But that's not always easy. And I know in with COVID, that threw a lot of people off. It did. Co COVID was probably the biggest, um, probably the biggest monkey wrench in the system probably since World War II in terms of a global scale. Mm -hmm. And so I think you make a very good point with saying that what God has for us may not be what we think is for us. And so let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and jump right into it. So with singles, I don't know if you saw this, but um, the Pew Research Center uh, back in 2020 they found that 47% of singles, uh, 40, oh no, excuse me, 47% of Americans thought dating was harder today than it was 10 years ago. Um, I'm 24. So 10 years ago, I was 14. So I can't really comment that much on that. I mean, I'm going to be married in, a, in you know, next month, but 
I can't really comment on that. So how would you say dating has been from this year to a decade ago? How would you how would you compare that? Well, first, I want to say congratulations on your marriage. I mean, that's thank awesome. you. That's always thank you, awesome. Thank um, and I mean, you're also very wise to be 24. You know, when I first met you, I thought you were a little older than that. But hey, that's oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, so, again, 10 years ago, I was married. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But what I can tell you um, about what I know about marriage is I don't necessarily think marriage has gotten harder. I okay. think what has happened is people's opinions about what they think is a good spouse has changed. Mm -hmm. And it is through this changing of the mind that now makes people believe that it's a lot more difficult. For For example... Um, you know, you can go out and you can Google uh, unrealistic expectations, you know. And so a lot of men feel that women have unrealistic, unrealistic expectations when it comes to finding, you know, their spouse. And so a lot of men are very frustrated about that. Then on the flip side, um, you have men, you know, as quiet as it's kept. Um, they also have unrealistic expectations. We see this a lot when it comes to men who want women to look like Instagram models when the average woman doesn't look like that. Not even close. Yeah. So I think what we have is we have both sides and they're almost both really saying the same thing, but they don't feel like they are. And what is on the table, so to speak, is is people that are saying in some point, you know, some way or fashion, I don't want to do those things. Um, I want you to kind of love me for me, which is really how things should be. Mm -hmm. But then there is this average world that, you know, the average single really has to play in if they want to get married. And with the influx of so many selfish um, notions, especially here in America, we all, I believe, men and women, have a mindset that marriage is for me, relationship is about me, everything's about me, 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 me. And that's not what it's about. And I think if anything is, is, is a problem within the last 10 years as a literal thing, I mean, I would think it's the level of selfishness. But, you know, people are still getting married. People are still finding each other. But um, I will say that, and this is one thing I have noticed. This is one thing I have truly noticed. The culture has changed to the liability of helping someone out to find their person. Now, I have noticed that. Yeah. Um, like I am technically <clears throat> a Gen Xer. And so in the Gen Xer and above communities, when a, a single man got on the market, the sing I mean, a married woman would call all her single friends and try to get this single man married again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I find with the millennials, um, because they are the main group that is sitting between in the marriage age right now. Mm -hmm. um, many of the millennials don't want to do that. And the ones that I've talked to talk about the liability, the fact that they don't want to set their friend up and then it doesn't work. And then their friend looks at them like, 
well, you know, why you set me up with this guy that, you know, wasn't about yeah. anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so there is that also as well, which I honestly think is sad because one of the things that that shows is that we're not teaching people how to discern whether or not somebody is a good person or a bad person once we get into relationship with them. And we're also not taking ownership um, of saying, hey, well, yeah, you set me up with that person, but I went out with them and I dated them for nine months um, and I knew that they were a jerk, but I stayed around anyway. So yeah. I think we we also have that side to deal with as well. I think that's a very good point because I'm someone, I consider myself to be a history buff. And one thing I look at uh, when it comes to history, I think what's important is that we look, we should look at what worked, apply that today. And then what didn't work, we throw that out the window. And unfortunately with the dating game and the marriage scene now is we've taken stuff that works and thrown that out the window and the stuff that's toxic and doesn't work we double down on that. And I mean, I think it's pretty interesting because my dad, my dad is older. Uh, my dad is in his late seventies. And so he had been married before and my mom had been married before. And kind of one thing that happened was they met through church. But even during that, it was, as you were saying, oh, hey, there's uh, there's brother Green over there. How about you go, you know, maybe talk with him and stuff like that. But pretty much the woman would compete in a way, but they would also mention, hey, how about you go talk? How about you two go talk to each other? How about you guys connect? And I'm not a millennial, but being a being a Gen Zer, I do see some of my millennial friends and even some of my uh, Gen Z uh, friends, they'll look at it and be like, uh, if I set someone up and it works great, but if it doesn't work out, I could lose a friend. And what happens is now no one wants to make a move. No one wants to set anyone up. No one wants to go ask anyone out. No one wants to go out on a date. And I don't know how we can overcome that. Because if we as a society, I mean, well, love primarily starts with human to human interaction. In Genesis, in the, in the story of the creation, you see that God looks down at his creation. And he says, this is perfect. Everything is good. But he looks down and he sees Adam and he says, you know what? This is not good. He doesn't have anyone for him. So let me make a help meet for him and let's go from there. So he creates Eve and then he brings Eve to Adam. So you have that human to human interaction. But we now live in a day and age where social media is all over the place and even as a young person, I can remember 10 years ago, social media wasn't this big. Dating apps weren't this big. But now it's, I mean, I, most of my guy friends are afraid to go up to a girl now. They all have Tinder. They have Bumble. They have Hinge. They have all these apps. And it's like, well, how about you actually go talk to that girl that you're looking at over there and say something? How would you go introduce yourself? So I, I don't know if we can overcome that. Do you think that it's possible that we can get back to what used to work or do you think we're too far gone? 
No, I think people can always go back to where it was before. I just think that now we're at a place where we have to train people differently um, than what we were doing before. Um, you know, for me, I'm, I always tell my group this, you know, the story about me, because um, when I was in high school, I was not, you know, a player. You know, those are words we used. I mean, I was yeah. not the guy that got all the women. You know, mm -hmm. I went out on a couple of dates here and there, but um, I finally started to figure it out my senior year, started to figure women out. And it wasn't until I was in college, almost my sophomore year, that I finally had a good understanding of what I thought women were about. But yes. by then, I was in a relationship that would turn into my wife. Mm -hmm. And um, me and, and between dating in college and then being married, my me and my ex were together about 27 years. And okay. once you get once I got divorced. Um, it's like I tell people in my group, I really did not understand how to talk to women. So in my brain, I am kind of 17 again. Yeah. And a lot of the guys that were out here dating and doing things like that, they, they were moving at a different pace. And then to make it worse, you know, I got divorced literally right before the pandemic. Wow. Okay. So um, like literally like six months before the pandemic. So it really made it bad. Yeah. But I think in a lot of ways, God did that on purpose because through that, I was able to speak to so many men, you know, kind of like what you're talking about, um, that had fear, that did not understand how to talk to women, did not know how to, um, you know, go up to them and different things like that. And it gave me deep empathy, you know, for those men. And so, one of the things that I would tell my group all the time, you know, especially the women in my group, I was like, look, you know, I have when it comes to to women, especially in the very beginning, you know, I had a lot of shyness, you know, in 2019, 2020, 2021, you know, there was a lot of shyness. I had to learn how to walk up to women. I had to learn how to talk to women. I had to learn how to make my approach yeah. um, to women. And, um, you know, and then women have a mindset unfortunately, that the guy that doesn't come up to them is the bad guy, is the guy that they should avoid. Mm -hmm. But I would kind of laugh and I was like, well, you know, I was in a relationship for 25, 27 years. So evidently I am the type of guy that you guys want to date. Um, yeah. But, you know, I have to get over this hurdle. And, you know, as women, you're looking down on me because I have this hurdle. Right. And so, while it did give me empathy, you know, like I say, for men, it also taught me a lot about women. And so it became, like I say, this thing where I feel like we have to bring them both together. So I do think you can learn it because, like I said, I learned it. And I've gotten better over time, you know, with it. Um, and I think that there's a lot of things that women can do to make it easier for men. Um, but at the end of the day, to be just be direct answering your question. Yeah, I think men can get over it. But I, unfortunately, I think most men will end up going down the popular routes um, instead of the best routes, especially if you're going to go down a Christian route. And there's plenty of uh, coaches out here that are teaching men, you know, how to dismiss women in their mind in order to date them. And by doing that, you're kind of making the woman an object 
and you're not seeing her, you know, for the wonderful person that, you know, that God wants you to see. And, and that to me is a sad part. Absolutely. And I, I think, I think you make a very good point with that, uh, with those toxic dating coaches where they say, oh, just, well, just pretend that you don't want her, pretend that you're doing something else, you know, show her that you're, show her that she's not a priority to you. And what I've noticed, um, you see this on both sides. You see women saying, oh, you know, be slow to text him, be slow to call him, don't text him back that fast. Um, kind of showing that you have other options. And men are doing the same thing. So it's like the goal is to show that, or the goal is to not show interest. The goal is to not make a connection. The goal is to show uh, just treat him casually, treat him as you say, an object, which is, I believe, a perfect word. So if both sides are doing that, what hope, what hope is there when it comes to a situation where two people want to come together? There has there has to be saying there has to be this understanding of I want you, you want me. Let's talk, let's discuss, let's hang out. But if we do this competition, this game of well, who can who can care less? Who can care the least amount? There's no chance that that's going to happen. And now I do want to ask you this. Um, so Me Too, I was in college when Me Too happened because it was kind of like around the time that the Brett Kavanaugh case was taking place and all that. So being a Gen Xer, you obviously you were you were doing your thing before Me Too became a thing, and now after after your divorce. Me Too is obviously a thing. It exists. So do you think part of the problem today is a lot of men want to have that courage? Or they just, or do they think that, you know what, it's just not worth it? What if something goes wrong? What if she accuses me of doing something? What if I just want to, what if I just want to go up to her and introduce myself? What if I just want to go shake her hand and she sees it as, oh, he tried to make a move on me. And then he gets reported to HR. Do you think that is a major factor in today's dating game? Um, unfortunately, I, I do think it is factoring in. Um, but I, but I, I just kind of have to put it out there. I think that it's it's factoring in, unfortunately, with men who are un, not quite educated in the ways of women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is one of the biggest problems, I think, you know, that both men and women have. Is that, you know, it's kind of like what Jesus said, you know, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Yeah. Right. Um, And a lot of people overly work the Me Too concept. Mm -hmm. And I remember right in the midst of Me Too when everybody was going crazy and I have a lot of single friends and and they were like, oh, dude, what are we going to do? And blah, 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 blah. And I remember just finding this one really great article. And the article was basically, you know, written by a woman. Mm -hmm. And she said, point blank, she said, women who have dated men who are used to men who are attractive enough to be, um, you know, sought out by a good amount of men. Those women understand men. Mm -hmm. And those women understand when a man is basically being disrespectful. And when a man is being respectful. Yeah. 
And I say this with no disrespect, you know, to the women who have been, you know, hurt or abused and different things like that. We have women in our group, leaders mm -hmm. in our group, um, who have been uh, mistreated by men. So I say this with no disrespect to them. But I believe that women, for the most part, when they're, like I said, when they're around men, they get used to men. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of know when a touch is inappropriate and when a touch, you know, or a guy saying something or doing something was just him being friendly. Yeah. And so for most men, I would say the problem is that if you are not comfortable around women, you're giving off a certain energy that these women are picking up on. Yeah. And, and, it's, and they're quicker to yell me too because of that energy than you talking to them or that you touching them on the shoulder or something like that. And so I believe it's more important for men to get used to women, mm -hmm. you know, because women are their own thing. And if you like a woman, you're, you know, and you tend to be more shy, you're going to be a little bit more nervous around her and different yeah. things like that. So I would not tell guys to worry so much about me, too, uh, although things will happen. I'm not going to yeah. lie about that. But yeah. um, I would say instead Find really great friends that are women around you. Be around those women. Get used to being around women. And then as you're used to being around women, then it's going to make it easier for you when you're around the woman that you like and or the person you're trying to talk to. Yeah. Um, because like I said, most women are not going to start going down that path unless you really do something that's disrespectful. And if you're walking again in a more Christian light, not to say everybody's gonna, you know, follow the Christian way, but yeah, right. you know, if you're going with a more Christian light of just saying I care more about the person in front of me than I'm gonna try to care about myself, then I think you'll probably be okay. Right. I think you make a very good point. Um, because I like that you say most women, because what I've noticed is obviously there were those who were screaming the loudest. And saying, oh, me too. I, I, This happened to me. This happened to me. This happened to me. But someone who interacts with women, goes on dates with women, or just even just converses with them, you find that that's not a woman's experience. Where they're saying, oh, this happened to me. This happened. Like, it's not all of them. But the problem is the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Mm -hmm. And so you make the most noise, you're going to get the most attention. And so me too blew well out of proportion. And a lot of men were seriously concerned. I actually had a friend in college. Um, this was right. This was uh, this was actually this was during uh, Kavanaugh's um, Kavanaugh's Supreme Court hearing and stuff like that, all the nomination stuff. And I had a buddy, and we were we were over at the mall one day, and I uh, I was in a store. And uh, I asked him a question and he didn't hear me. And I asked him again, he didn't hear me again. And I looked at him, I looked to see where he was looking and he was looking at this really pretty girl. And uh, he said, sorry, man, I, I got distracted. I said, I said, go talk to her. He said, I, nah, man, I, I, I can't. I said, what do you mean you can't? He said, I, I just, I, I can't do it. I don't know how to talk to women like that. I can't just go up to a woman. And I said, why not? And he didn't have an explanation. 
he just wasn't used to I'll call it cold calling a woman and just going up and introducing him, going up and introducing himself. And I'm not someone, I was never a player or anything like that, but I, I just like talking to people. And so for me, when it came to dating, you know, that aspect didn't really scare me. And so uh, I remember we, we left the mall that day and I said, man, you got to get over that fear. I said, you have to get over this idea of, oh, she's going to do something or she's going to immediately reject you. I said, you've never seen her. And I said, you know what? You'll probably never see her again. Because we were up in you know Sacramento, which was a fairly big city. And it's like, okay, you you see one stranger, you're probably not going to see that stranger again. And he said, yeah, I probably should have gone up to her. I said, okay. I said, so let's do this. I said, the next time you go out, go find five five women just five women and just go up and introduce yourself that's it you don't need to get a number just go up and just introduce yourself get her name and just say hey i think you're really pretty and i just wanted to give you that compliment just something to get the ball rolling but i told him i said when you stay in the show you'll never ever and this was a guy who he wanted to get married but he couldn't really date because of this issue I said, man, you can't just look at a girl and hope and pray that she just walks over to you and, you know, you can telepathically just tell her what you want. I said, it doesn't work that way. And so what would be your advice to to men who are shy? What would be your advice to men who simply don't know? They, they, they see a pretty girl. They see a girl that they might be interested in, but they just, there's that wall there. There's that barrier of them going to the girl and saying something, what should they do? What would be your advice to them? Honestly, I can split that up into like two different pieces. Um, and honestly, I'm glad that you have that confidence um, and that you were talking to your friend about, about it. Um, I've been around a lot of men who swear they're players. And yeah. what was always interesting to me is that a lot of the guys who swear they're players, they go after women that aren't the really pretty girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that was one of the things that I noticed. Like I have a lot of the, my player friends, they would see some of the women that I've dated and then they're like, oh, my gosh, she's gorgeous or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I would tell them, like I told you earlier, you know, that I had issues learning how to talk to women and stuff like that. And then these are the same player guys that swear they will talk to any woman that moves. And, um, you know, I would show them a woman I'm dating and then they just think she is just drop dead gorgeous. And then when I'm out with them and then I see who they're dating is not a woman I would even talk to. Love to. Yeah, I'll be like, whatever, you know, <laughs> I don't yeah. really want to talk to you. You really ain't about nothing. Yeah. Um, so I will say that a lot of guys who swear up and down their players, they're not really players. Mm-hmm. They're talking to the women that don't interest them as much. So that's that's number one. Number two, I do think most men, as I've, you know, I'll say often are in the shy and or I don't know how to talk to women and or I'm uncomfortable category. Um, And I honestly think that's good. I think most women should be very happy about that Um, because those men generally are not going to have as many sex partners Mm -hmm. and all those, um, you know, things will just mess the man's head up. Yeah. So. How, if you are one of those men, how do you find women? How can you get women? Well, 
some of the things that I've learned and, you know, from watching the best of my, uh, you know, playeristic brands and even learning myself is to have two or three questions and or comments already at the front of your mind. Yeah. And when you are going up to a woman, you don't necessarily have to go up and say, hey, you know, how you doing? You know, my name's Jay, you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. You can literally, you know, go up and just ask for something. For instance, if you're at a restaurant, you know, you can go up to a woman, maybe she's at the bar and be like, you know, have you ever been to this bar before? This is my first time. Do you have any recommendations, you Mm -hmm. know, on the menu? Mm-hmm. And at that point, the conversation starts because now she's going to um, answer your request. And it takes a lot of the pressure off. And then you'll find that if the woman is really interested, if you ask her two or three questions after that, she will try to, you know, continue in the conversation. But yeah. if a woman is not interested, she's going to start to look away. She's not going to really be making eye contact. And then that kind of lets you know she's not interested. And so you can just move on to whatever you were doing before. And it's an easier way to approach without putting yourself out there where she just knows from the, you know, from the jump. But, you know, women do give a lot of signals, um, you know, that allow you as a man to understand whether or not she's interested. And one of the things that um, I've noticed and I tell, you know, a lot of guys about is women's eyes pop. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. yes, you're right. Um, they do. And, uh, you know, when a guy walks up and then, you know, she kind of likes him again, she's like, oh, you know, those eyes get big yeah. one sec. <laughs> yes. Um, because she's checking you out and she's like, oh, you know. Um, and then the next yeah. thing, you know, they'll preen, what they call preening, which is I'm yes. getting, they're getting, they're getting themselves together. Yes, you're right. You know, I, I don't yes. know if I'm pretty right now. You know, you've come yes. up to me, you know. Um, and so these are just ways for men that once you've done that introduction question or whatever it is, if she starts to do that, she likes you at that point, you know, all the pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I find that that's really it. It's just that pressure of getting over. Will she like me? Will she be interested? Will she think I'm bothering her? Mm-hmm. But one of the things I just want to say is a quick nugget um, for men, you know, that are watching this or listening to this. Please, for the love of all that is good, you know, press your shirt out, press your jeans out, you know, don't go up wrinkled, you know, wash your face, you know, brush your teeth. (laughs) I mean, I I wish I didn't have to say these things, but, you know, you see men that swear up and down that another man is more attractive, that they can't get women, that they can't do this, they can't do that. And then I'm looking dead at them and I'm like, man, your shirt is wrinkled. You know, you haven't washed your face. There's crap in your beard. Yes. Um, you know, come on. Yeah, I mean, you, no, you make a very good point. And the the problem is, there's a lot of there's a lot of things, and I think part of it, not all of it, but I think part of it has to do with the red pill community, where they say, oh, you know, women are which women are hypergamous. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's it's always a lot of blame game. It's like, well, they want this kind of man and this kind of man. Well, there's a lot of married people who are with regular dudes. There's a lot of regular women with regular dudes. And so just the basics of basic hygiene, showering, washing, um, teeth brushing, putting lotion, all, all of those things helps. And 
obviously looks do matter, but I think what really happens now with today is there's so there's a lot of it's almost like there's a there's a rise in nihilistic thinking of oh well what's the point why try it all why even put forth the effort why even try to go forward and make the effort when I'm just going to get rejected and I think a lot of that is tied to how easy things are if something requires a little bit of effort it's like oh that's just that's way too much that's way too hard you know taking the time to press your shirt taking the time to shower taking the time to go get your your hair done and keeping your nails trimmed and all of those things it's like oh that's just that's that's too much we live in a society now where men i wrote i wrote about this uh, i wrote about this in an article for the christian post i think a couple of years ago and it was about the number of hours that men play uh men spend on video games mm-hmm. and it's absolutely astounding now i played video games when i was younger i don't own a console anymore um, I do other things, but it's amazing how much time and effort they'll put into that, which requires little to no thinking. But when it comes to the milestone of dating or, you know, getting a fiance or becoming married, the effort is just not there. It's just not there. And I think that's a real problem because if no one wants to put forth effort, then it, it's just not going to work. And I wonder, I wonder what really caused this lack of basic, I'll just call it basic knowledge. Cause there's a, there, you're right. There's a lot of men who just don't either, either they don't know or they're just not aware of basic things. Same thing with women. There's a lot of women I know, um, I know this girl who was, uh, she was, she was quite overweight Mm -hmm. and she, uh, she had a pretty face, but she was just, you know, she was short and, you know, her body really had no gift. So the weight just, it just kind of went out. There was no where for it to go. She couldn't stretch out. And so she asked me one day, she said, why do you think I can't attract men? And she saw the hesitation in my in my eyes and she said Solomon I'm asking you because I know that you're an honest person and I know that you're that you you're not gonna be mean with the truth but you you're you're just blunt and you're just gonna say it. I said I said you sure you want me to say it? She said yes. I said well I said you would benefit tremendously not just in your not only in your dating life but just in your overall well being if you lost some weight. She said, yeah, but I mean, girls, I mean, men love women of all shapes. I said, that's not true. There's a wide range, but most men find most women attractive. But when it comes to having the bigger girl versus the smaller girl, the guy is usually going to go for the smaller girl. I said, but if you, I said, you're very pretty. I said, but the weight is an issue. So do you think, do you think there's a problem do you think do you think these people are just do you think they choose to ignore the basics or do you think it's just it's just that we've become so advanced that they've completely forgotten the advance or they we've become so advanced that they've forgotten the basic level knowledge uh, I actually think that's a really great question um I believe that 
what has happened is we have a society, you know, as people call it cancel culture and different things like that. We have a society where we want everyone to feel good about themselves at, at all times. And we and you have companies making money off of this ideology. And anytime companies mm-hmm. start getting in and they're starting to make money, they're going to make, you know, they're going to do the thing. They're going to push their narrative. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that that is at the core of it. Um, I yes. think that everybody wants to be, like I said at the beginning, wants to be loved for who they are right now. And the people that I notice they get married are the ones that um, do not do that. They actually come forward with a more average perspective. And that's generally what I tell people, like really pretty women, like here in Atlanta, really pretty women, nine times out of 10, if they're pretty, but they're not a nice person, because I always tell people that men are looking for three things from women for them to be attractive as his eyes see attractiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, The second is, you know, for her to be a nice person. And then the next next thing is for her to be supportive. Now, yeah. all the other traits and different things like that, you know, you yes. know, hobbies and stuff, you, those things are important. But those three things are at the core. So mm-hmm. what happens is when you have really pretty women that are not nice, they get all love and attention. They can get all the sex that they want. They get taken out. They get, you know, go to the best restaurants. They have the best clothes because men are buying them stuff. But yes. the men will not marry them. Right. They just use them for their beauty until they just can't put up with their attitude anymore. And then they drop them. And then the the women who are really, really nice and extremely supportive, but they don't care about how they look. Those women get put in the friend zone. Yes. So the man hangs out with them, loves on them, hugs them, you know, all that kind of stuff. But he's not really sexually attracted. So he just puts her in the friend zone. The woman who gets married has an average of it all. She's not necessarily perfect in beauty and she's not necessarily perfect in being nice, but she is in the middle. Yes. And the same thing goes for men when they get married, you know, for the things that women are looking for, which are generally, um, you know, protector, provider and a leader. So I do think that when we allow people to just kind of do what they want and we encourage them, oh, just be you. Just do this. It's okay. You know, if you want to be mean, just be mean. If you want to, you know, stay in your house, here's DoorDash. You know, if you just want to eat all the time and not take care of your health, it's okay. Hey, guy, you only make $10,000 a year. It's okay. Yeah. We love you too. You know, and we have this mindset that it's all gravy. But one of the things that I think is interesting is I don't know if you know much about um, like chickens, like chicken, the way that we eat chicken in America. And I think this is a nice parallel to what people are doing in the United States society. Um, basically, which when, when chickens are born, they put them in these big silos. And a chicken goes from a baby chicken to an adult chicken, I'm thinking about 40 days. Okay. So as soon as they're born, they, they, they pop out, they start to eat the little feed or whatever it is. And they kind of shuffle around in what looks like, you know, a big crowd of chickens. That's what it is. And the chicken company knows exactly when each one of those chickens comes to maturity. But the thing about it is they don't want these chickens to do anything. All they want them to do is eat and walk around 
not cause trouble, not have problems, and then on their 40th, you know, birthday or whatever, <laughs> you know, 40th day of life, you know, they're shipped down to be chopped up, you yeah. know, in order to be in your Popeye's chicken. Yes. Well, that's what they want to do with American society. You know, you can actually see it in movies like Wally, um, where yes. Americans are sitting yes. around on their devices. You know, they're not thinking anymore. Um, exactly. If you take away thought, you know, you take away danger. Um, and basically, people don't interact with each other. They're just kind of going through, you know, the blah of life. And um, I think that there is a part of society that is doing that. And I think with every generation, they have tried to kind of dumb, you know, the Americans down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because I believe that, you know, the people who control society, the people who are making money off of everything, recognize it's much easier to make money when people just blindly do whatever it is. Yeah. But it's kind of like when you have um, a, a man, like if a guy is listening and he just, like I said, exercises four times a week and he um, goes back to school in order to make just a little bit more money or starts his own company and he presses out his clothes and he washes his face and he puts on cologne. Um, and, you know, he could probably have half of the women that he thought he couldn't have, uh -huh. you know, just with those simple things. But yeah. it's, it's like you said, you know, when you have that culture of, oh, I don't have to do anything. I can just sit here. You know, I think it creates that mindset of you know, a block, and then you just become chickens, you know, waiting to be chopped up. <laughs> no, I, I think that's, a, I think that's a very good analogy. And I think, I think you're so spot on with American culture, because it's almost as if we one one bad aspect of modern American culture now is that we're pushing off adulthood. We're putting it off for later. And so what's happening is you're seeing people get married later, um, my generation, Gen Z, and there's a reason for it, but we move out of our, you know, out of our parents' homes later. It's like everything is getting pushed back. And I think what's happening is we're trying to kind of live in this, in this pampered fantasy Neverland world where everything is just a-okay. You can be what you want. You can, uh, you don't have to worry about reality. You don't have to worry about biology. You don't have to worry about anything that's true, just live your own life and do what you want and you'll be just fine. And I don't know, actually, no, you did. You had this video uh, where you reacted to what Ebony K. Williams said about uh, women in the wall. And I thought that was something that was very important because it's something I talk about on my podcast where a lot of women just, they think, oh, I can just push this back. I can just freeze my eggs. You know, I'll, 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 I'll graduate high school at 18 and then I'll party all through my twenties and I'll get that degree. And then I'll, I'll climb the corporate ladder enough. And then right around the time of like 35, 40, I'm ready. Like I, I'm ready to be married, but then they get there and you see these women on YouTube and they're, they're miserable. I mean, they're absolutely distraught and downtrodden at their saving life. And it's, it's, it's kind of amazing to me that there's a lot of women who just don't understand, hey, 
you need to, if you want to have a family, if you want to have children, you need to start early. Because people are already saying that it's harder to date. People are already saying that it's hard to find love. People are moving. So life is moving very, very quickly. But you're trying to, to push all this back. And then you want to get married within like, you want to get married and have children in like a five-year gap. It doesn't work that way. And it's amazing that there are women who just don't understand that aspect. And I... No, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, yeah, but I I believe... Um, I like how you mentioned feminism because feminism has really, really pushed that narrative of, girl, you be you, you do your thing. Just go get that degree. Go sleep with that many, with, with whoever you want. Just you know, have that abortion, you know, just wh whatever you feel empowers you, do that. And then these women wake up one day and they're 36 and they're like, oh my God, what have I done? And it's too late. And I think that's a major issue in society. So do you think women just ignore that? Ignore, ignore biology? Or do you think that they genuinely believe they can have it both, that they can they can enjoy their, they can have their cake and eat it too. They can enjoy their youth and waste that away. And then when it comes to their geriatric pregnancy years, that things can just thrive. Like what, like what do you think is the cause of that? Well, I mean, I think it's actually a complicated um, issue. You know, I mean, we could almost do a whole podcast just on that. So if you ever yeah. want to, to go into that, we can definitely do that. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. Um, and have a follow-up just for that. But, you know, to try to make this short and sweet, um, there are some women who are just, they just want things out of life. They they are born the same way you are. You know, you are, like I said, we you say 24 and you're pushing, mm -hmm. you're getting married, you know, you have this podcast, you're doing more than a lot, I'll be honest with you, 90% of the people I know. Mm -hmm. already at 24 which is awesome but that means that you have a part of you that wants to challenge this world that wants to put your your stamp on this world that you feel that your voice is strong enough to be out here in this world well there are women you know that go through the same thing you know like ebony k williams and for like i said my past is in film and I, you know, you might not know these people, but like, you know, Tommy Ford and, and Robert Townsend and Angie Stone, mm -hmm. you know, they might not mean much to you as a Gen Zer, but for Gen Xers, those are big names. Yeah. And I worked with them. You wow. know, um, I met Spike Lee. You know, I met um, this was rappers called Kid and Play who were really big at one time. Um, I've met these people, worked with these people. Um, Belle Biff DeVoe under the group New Edition. Um, I did work for DeVoe here in Atlanta. Um, I, at one time, especially in my 20s and early 30s, I was hustling. And yeah. God blessed me with being under some really big names, um, doing work for them in various places. And unfortunately, that takes time. Yeah, it takes time to go from like right now you have your podcast. Who knows? It might it might blow up and have 10 million people overnight, but it might take 10 years, 15 years. Uh, I think that that's the issue when you are when you have that energy as a woman. Um, and you're trying to get it, it literally could take you from 25 to 40 to get there. Yeah. And then by the time you get there, 
Now you're saying, oh, I have the time. I have the time now to finally get married. I have the time now to, to get this family going. And mm-hmm. the problem with that is men do not do well when you think of them. Kind of hate to say this because women don't do well either in this situation, but I think men, it's worse. They just don't do well when your job comes first. Yes. When yes. your career comes first. Yes. Um, and because of that, you know, if a woman is working her career and it's a 40 hour career, a uh, 40 hour week career, she can get married. It's easy. Yes. But when you are a woman that is doing 60 hours a week and 70 hours a week, it's just not a lot of guys that are going to put up with that. And nine yes. times out of 10, the guy that puts up with that is the very guy that these women do not want to marry. Yeah. You know, that's generally the more the Pookie and Ray Ray type of people. And yeah. so now you end up with a scenario where, you know, these women, they have valid argument, but at the same time, the reverse of it is that's not how men work. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know women right. have to understand how men work. So um, I do feel bad, you know, for a lot of those women. And I don't think that those women have to give up. You know, I'm constantly trying to be positive, you know, with them. But I do think a lot of them have to change their mindset because if they don't change their mindset, then, you know, they could be in a bad situation. But hopefully they will change their mindset and understand very quickly you know, that they're really great guys out here, but you cannot put your job first. Your job has to be second. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely spot on because uh, I used to I used to date a girl or not. I, I wanted to date a girl and I had a really big crush on her, but she wanted to be a lawyer. And she wanted to go, you know, she wanted to have her own firm one day. And after she had rejected me, I was really hurting. But I thought about it. I said, wait a minute. I said, I want to get married. I want to have children. How can that even work? If I'm over here, I'm out of the house. And she's over here out of the house. Well, who, well, who's watching the baby? If there even is one. It's this situation of, well, Solomon, it wasn't going to work anyway. But you're right that a lot of these, a lot of these women they have this this job career and career first mindset and i think they have to think very early on of uh, okay do i want to get married if the answer is yes do i want to get married and have children if the answer is yes you have to say okay that has to be my priority i can i should still work and i should still get that degree all those things but that should not be number 1 because mm-hmm. when you put it number 1 when you put that career number one, fine, more power to you. Go ahead and, you know, get your money, go get your six figures, go make your seven figures. But you don't get that time back. You don't get that opportunity to be like, oh, you know what? Now, well, now I'm ready to, now I'm ready to settle down. Okay. Yeah. You're ready to settle down, but you're now 44. Your eggs have vaporized as if Thanos snapped his fingers and you're all alone. So I think I, I recommend mo- most of the, most of my listeners are women, which I find to be a little interesting. I think it's like an 85-15 split. But I've noticed that uh, I've noticed that a lot of women, I tell them, I say, hey, 
you need to, if you want to be serious about this, if you want to have a family, you need to start at, you know, at your prime. When you get out of high school, because a woman's prime, uh, according to a lot of data and a lot of studies, is right around between 18 and 27, 18 and 25, 18 and 27, right around there. Those are your prime years. That's when you're most likely to get a man, get the best possible man for you, and things can go well for your life. But if you are ready to start dating seriously and getting married and having a child 10 years after your prime, at 35 or 37, you're out of the game. And that older guy wants that younger girl. And yeah, I think that's yeah. something that... No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, that's what, what you just said right there is is one of the things that I wish um, I could. I mean, honestly, I wish I could talk to a lot more Gen Zers um, mm -hmm. because I believe that the change, the true change happens in Gen Z. And um, and exactly what you're saying, I, I would love for Gen Zers just to see life just totally different. <laughs> you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. if you are a one, if, if there is a woman listening, it's like if you are 25, because I used to tell this to my little uh, cousin, you know, who's 31, 32 now. But I told yeah. her I was like when she when she turned 25, I was like, don't date a man anymore that has a two in front of his age. He should have a three in front of his age. Mm -hmm. And I was like, honestly, if he was knocking on 40, I would be OK with it. And this yeah. is my own flesh and blood. This is somebody that, you know, I literally watched her grow up, you know, yes. everything. Um, yeah. And so that is one of the problems, especially in African-American DOS community, is that um, a lot of black women have a power struggle mindset. And so they don't want to date a guy more than four or five years older than them because they believe that the man will have power and have control. And yeah. that's not really how it works. That's just a lot of uh, stereotypes. Um, when it comes to like most of the women I date, not all of them, but most of the women I date are 10 years younger. Okay. Um, and I do it for certain reasons. Most of it be because I do want to have children. I don't have children yet. So when you are a woman and you're 25 and you're dating a guy that is 32, 33, he's excited about dating you. Yes. As a 25 year old. And then a lot of your baby fat, even if you're 20 pounds, you know, over where the guys your age might think, oh, you know, you're a little too big or whatever. A 32 year old be like, oh, you fine. Yes. Because just the youth alone gives you bonus. Yes. You know, and as long as you're mature and that's the big issue is maturity, which basically means your your parents did what they what they needed to do. Mm -hmm. um, then you can have a much better life because now you don't even have to deal with this whole concept of struggle love. Yes. Um, because generally speaking, the older man gets, the more money he makes because of just basic raises. So if you have a guy that's been out here doing what he needed to do from um, the time he graduated college, technical school, whatever he came out of, and then now he's 32 through 35, Okay, this dude should be decent. He should be have a decent amount of money. So now if you marry him, you're not coming into struggle love. Right. You're already at a point where if he if he needs to buy you a car, he can buy you a car. Yeah. If y'all need to move into a house, you don't live in an apartment. Y'all just move to a house. Mm -hmm. And because you're prime in your in your 20s, now you can be a little bit more picky when it comes to the men in your life.
Um, and it's like you said earlier, women are hypergamous. That's true. But most women also know where their limit is. You know, and so that's something else that, you know, women have to understand is like, okay, you find this guy that's 32, 33, whatever. You still have to vet him the same way you would vet a guy that's your age. You still have to make sure y'all going down the same path. You got to still make sure that he is um, wants children or doesn't want children. He still have to make sure, you know, from a Christian perspective, he loves God and truly loves God. Like if, you know, if you say, hey, what's your favorite Christian song? And he like, you know, you know that one they say exactly. in church. Okay, he not. Yeah, crying. yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. There's a lot of time, and it, time punishes women more than it does men. But it's one of those things that women have to understand. You got You you only have so much time to get it right. This dilly dallying, this uh, this 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 nonsensical approach of oh well, whatever happens happens. And that's one thing I tell a lot of a lot of women. Where if the guy says, well, let's just see what happens. Let's just let's wait. Ladies, you're losing time. You're burning the candle dreadfully, I mean, long. Because a guy can say, yeah, let's 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 date it about three or four years. Well, that's that's half your prime. Your, your prime is eight years. So you're gonna spend four years on a maybe, I'll see what comes along. And it's it's a major mistake that a lot of women make. And I I I think. You know, I, I just don't know why they put up with that. Because my my fiance, she's 20. She'll be 21. We're going to get married five days before uh, uh, her 21st birthday. And so it's a situation of, hey, let's do it this way. I told her, I said, look, I'm going to marry you. After Once I met her, I said, I'm going to marry you within a year. I said, once we get together, it'll we'll be together. We'll be married in one year because I knew exactly what I wanted. Mm -hmm. A lot of women fall for this trap of, well, like, I mean, he said he was going to marry me. He said, you know, he said, we'll see, what, we'll see what happens. Well, how long ago was that? Oh, that was uh, like, he said that in 2017. No, I mean, what you're saying is 100% true. I mean, it, you know, at CSC, we call that a placeholder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and that's a perfect word. Common. Yeah. Um, and what we do, I mean, I'm just being real. I like I try to tell I try to explain things to women sometimes without the Christian moniker. Like if I if I wasn't Christian, <laughs> if I was yes. in the world, <laughs> um, because, you know, I'm a Christian, but I still think like a lot of dudes. I, I've got friends that, that act that way, you know, and these are things men talk about. Mm -hmm. OK, what men do, men do not like to be alone. OK, that that's that's just, it. you know, women, they had this thing. Oh, I'm married, you know, to myself. Oh, you know, me and my friends went out and, you know, I'm dating myself. You know, I'm yeah. married to myself. You know, it's like guys don't do. We don't do stupid stuff. We, you know, it's, I shouldn't call it stupid. I, we, we don't do things like that. Um, what we do is we get a woman who's good enough. Yes, absolutely. She's pretty enough. She's nice enough. Maybe she, you know, we don't like her face that much. Maybe, you know, her personality, she's got this quirk. Uh, maybe this, that, and the third. And then we basically put her in that placeholder situation 
where now she's hanging out with us, you know, we're, you know, like I said, if you're not Christian, you know, you're sleeping with her. She's pretty much a wife. Yeah. You know, she's doing wifely duties. She's pretty much a wife. And then the whole time the man is thinking in the back of his mind, I don't want her. Yes. Yes. I am absolutely. just hanging out with her because, like I said, I don't want to be by myself. Mm -hmm. So then what happens is the whole time he's looking, still looking for the woman of his dreams. Mm -hmm. And then that's why so many women think men cheat. It's not because yeah. men are literally trying to have sex with everybody. They're literally looking for their person. It's just yes. that you're the placeholder. So he's going to make sure he has somebody to come back to. Yes. So now once he finds his person and then you hear the other story that women say, oh, he left me and now he's married to her within a year. Well, because yeah. that was who he wanted. Exactly. He never wanted you. Yeah. And. And just like you said, which, I, like I said, I've already told you, you are a wise man. You have the perfect name, Solomon. You're a Thank wise you. man. I try to live um, up to it. And I always tell women straight up, if you are under 25, the maximum time you should wait on a guy's two years. That's and, exactly what I'm saying. Yes. And, and then once you're over 30, especially if you're over 30, it is one year. It is one year from the time that you met him to the time that he puts on a ring um, on your finger. And I actually encourage most people to get married within six months mm -hmm. um, because you really don't need long engagements. The hardest thing, because I used to do weddings. That's another thing I used to do. I used to do weddings. Yeah. Uh, I did photography for weddings for uh, almost seven years. And I can tell you that the hardest thing about wedding is for a woman to pick out her wedding dress. Mm -hmm. that, that's it. That, that's the most difficult thing. Everything else can be done in two weekends. Yes. Um, so, you know, it's just women, I, I agree with you. I think that they need to use their time wisely. Um, they need to get away from the feminist mindset. But I also say feminism is doing what it was designed to do. It was designed to get women to make more money. Mm -hmm. It was not designed for women to get married. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was, it, you're, no, you're right. It was strictly a financial a financial gain and sacrificing everything else uh, in return. But I think you're absolutely spot on. And um, no, that's, I tell women the same thing. I say, Hey, I say a man knows if he wants to spend the rest of his life with you within six months. Yeah, I agree with that. There's no, the man doesn't have to go up to a mountain and, you know, pray about it for, you know, you know, he's not like Jacob serving uncle Laban for seven years and has to figure out what he wants to do. No, I tell my ladies, I say, Hey, he knows in half a year. In half a year, he knows. There is no, well, let's, well, let me, I, I'm just not sure if you're ready. I'm not sure if I'm ready. The money's not quite right. Financially, I'm not doing great, but we're still going to do it. We're still going to get married. We're still going to put a sample on this thing and finalize it. And so I tell ladies, hey, don't listen to these excuses. I say, he's using you as just, you know, he's comfortable. But if your goal is to get married, you need to be like, okay, hey, this is this is day number uh, one seventy two. So what are we gonna do? What what's ha what's happening now? Where do where, where do we go from here? Are you, are you gonna marry me, or 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 what is it? Well, I'm still thinking about it. Okay, you know what? Have a nice life. No, I agree with that. I'm sorry, it's it's hard for a lot of women because I know they want to attach. Yeah. Um, but that's why you have to have hard conversations at the very beginning. You have to weigh a man's maturity. And, and it's another reason why I encourage women to date older. 
Yeah. Um, date men who are literally ready to get married. They're literally ready to start their lives. And then there's another lie that says, oh, well, you can't enjoy your youth with being married. What are you talking about? You're, yeah, you're that's a huge first, lie. Yeah, huge the person lie. you marry is supposed to be one of your best friends. So you're going to want to yeah. go traveling with them. You're going to want to go hiking with them. You're going to want to, you know, do cruises with them. You know, yes. and that, and that's something that's huge to me right now. And again, that would be another really great podcast for you is this concept that men and women are no longer friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I dated this one lady. She was very interesting. She probably gave me about three talking points. But on our first date, she told me um, she was trying to make sure it was okay that she would meet up with her girlfriends on the weekend at least. I think I want to say she said twice a month, but I might be lying on her. It might have been once a month. But mm-hmm. uh, but I told her, I said, when you get married, your who you married to is like your person. You should want to yeah. spend time with them. In fact, your girlfriend should be calling you saying, girl, you don't spend time with us anymore. Yeah. You know, I was like, my ex probably spent like, a, you know, I'm talking about like a weekend out or, you know, a Friday yes. night out. My, my ex probably did that maybe twice a year. Yeah. You know, most of my friends' wives, maybe once or twice a year. I mean, mm-hmm. a decently married couple, you are not going to be out with your friends once a month. If you're doing that, then that means you have no connection to your husband. You, you are absolutely time with him. Yeah. yeah. No, you're absolutely spot on. Because I consider I consider my fiance my like she's like we like spending time together. Where I am, she is. Where she is, I am. We just we're we're heavily tied in. I see her as part of me. She sees me as part of her. And so this idea of, oh, well, let's just, you know, let's go out and oh, we're going to go have a girl's night at the bar. Uh, Why? It's it's something that it it just it's just not correct. And so, uh, Jay, we are I mean, this was this was awesome. This was an incredible um, interview. I would love to do this again. And, uh, you know, where can, where can my, uh, where can my listeners or anyone who's, who watched this, where can they find you? At? Well, I'm definitely out on YouTube and I'm on Instagram. I'm going to try to get over on TikTok pretty soon, but um, okay. you can, my handle over there is J A Y the number two, and then the word connect. Okay. J to connect again. That is J A Y the number two, and then connect. And so I'm out out on YouTube, you know, trying to help people as best I can. And right now, Instagram. And um, you know, like I said, for you, Mr. Solomon, I can say I enjoyed hanging out with you. You are a very intelligent man. I am ready to see you take over the world. Uh, thank. Wanted to do this again for sure. This this we could have we could have we could have gone on for ten days about this stuff. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And I love to come back. You know, love absolutely no. Definitely. We definitely will. All right, my friend. I appreciate it. And uh I'll see you on the other side. All right. See you later.